from behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The Bulletin. Right, uh, pleased to say we've got Ben Strang on this morning on the Bulletin, and Ben uh, will have a lot of views uh, on a lot of things, but in particular uh, the cricket, which has just been going on and about to happen. Ben, good morning to you. Finally here, and, and this series about to get underway. Uh, you must be excited as well. I am absolutely. Um, I, I can't wait, actually, for the first morning at the Basin Reserve with the, the sellout sign-up. Uh, what did you take out? I, I know it's, it's, it was only the Pro Tiers B, C, D team, whatever you like, but uh, what did you take out of it, Ben, overall, over those two tests? <laughs> I was quite unimpressed by, in large parts at the performances, just... I mean, I, I thought, firstly, I thought South Africa would have been better in that first test, so I thought that their performance was pretty disappointing. But at the same time, I th- think that New Zealand, the, the quality of the team that was on display should have really put them to bed a bit more than they did. Obviously, they, they got through, but um, it was a little bit unimpressive at times. At the same time, I think, um, man, we've just got to, to enjoy while we can watching somebody like Kane Williamson play because... He is not just putting himself into the conversation of, you know, is he New Zealand's best ever cricketer, but he is putting himself in the conversation of, is he, you know, where does he rank as an all-time Test batter? I think he's, um, I think he's probably on on a path to surpass forty Test centuries, which would put him in the mm. top five and uh, top four even. Uh, and and so then the question is, you know, okay, Bradman's Bradman, but where does he stack up against those greats like Sachin Tendulkar, like Ricky Ponting? I think he's right up there. Oh, I do too. Uh, when you start to look at some of his stats and you look at it with uh, innings played compared to runs achieved or hundreds made, uh, he's right in the top bracket. Yeah, 99 matches, 32 test centuries. You know, uh, I think the fastest to 32 test centuries just ahead of Steve Smith. Um, the the names that he's going to go past in the next few years are, you know, the guys that you talk about as those all-time greats. You know, for, if he goes past Steve Waugh next, then Alistair Cook and ends up past someone like Brian Lara, Mahela Jaya-Wardena, these, these are incredible names. And Kane Williamson mm. is, is playing at a... Uh, you know, is, is scoring centuries at a quicker rate than all of them. He is, and, and the other thing about it is, you know, a lot of people overseas say, "Oh, yeah, well, he's scored 19 or 20 of those centuries in New Zealand." I don't see that as a detractor to that performance. I think it shows just how good he is. How hard is it to bat yeah. in New Zealand on some of the green seamers we put out there? And yeah. yet, Kane Williamson just churns out runs. He is, he's absolutely incredible, and I think he's a top five batter all time, to be honest. I think he is too, uh, and it's an excellent point you make because how many terrific players have come here over the years and battled like hell to back up their numbers that they've scored on their home surfaces or whatever. Hey, listen, um, you know, we, we talked to Gary Stead, and Gary was sort of, you know, positive, and, and coaches have to be pretty positive. I'm a little bit worried about the form of of our top, of our top two, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I, Devin Conway, whilst he, he did hit a couple of straight drives and he hit a couple of boundaries in that last innings, Still got out at a very bad time, and he's getting out the same way all the time. And I just wonder, too, about Tom Latham, who really does have to step up against quality, quality opposition. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I share the same same sentiments. Um, I think that, yep, Dev, Devin got a uh, a couple of good balls in this test match to, to get out to, but it has it, it does all seem quite familiar um, for a for a long time. Um, you know, uh, seen him play in Wellington, that sort of thing. The there aren't many weaknesses, but but coming around the wicket and bowling to him uh, around the wicket as a right arm seamer is is one way you can really probe that off stump and and his judgment. You know he needs to really work on his judgment around the off stump, and I know that he will be working very hard at that. Uh, in terms of Tom Latham, the he I think I said last week he looks incredibly solid still when he's batting, but he seems to be making a lot of uncharacteristic errors at times you wouldn't expect from Tom Latham. And that's the the thing for me that's concerning around his form is why is he making those errors? What's he trying to do? Um, we need him to, to bat a, a long, long time and stay solid. And, you know, the way he got out in the, in the second innings against South Africa, just trying to, to drive the spinner when it was just never there and, and scooping it up to cover. But that's, that's not the sort of thing I'd expect from Tom Latham. So certainly a lot of the... Um, pressure will be on that opening pairing do i think that they should change for these tests no i think they're they're the best equipped to to deal with a tough uh, australian pace attack but certainly they'll be looking to to try to put some performances in because it's been a dire run so okay where do you where do you treat will young how do you treat will Will young i'm not sure they're going to play will young but i would yeah i i'm not sure they will either i i'm i mean this first Test squad is going to be fascinating because I would think that he's battling for his place with somebody like Glenn Phillips. Like, you know, who are you going to put in? And and I guess the argument then is, um, do you go with with Will Young, who I think is a better batter, but Glenn Phillips has that X factor about him that you just you just get the feeling that against the toughest opposition, Glenn Phillips is going to stand tall. And he's he's done it time and again, uh, particularly in limited overs cricket. So, yeah, that's a that's a really tough choice. I think the the question I have as well about the openers and, and where Will Young fits into it is I do wonder, teams more and more, are, uh, like I say, coming around the wicket to the left-handers, arrowing in on off stump, calling that judgment into question. It's a lot easier mm. to do when you've got two openers who are left-handed and you don't have to then adjust your line and length uh, to a to a right-handed batter and bowl different plans. Um, I, I certainly like it when there is that left-right combo at the top, uh, but I just don't see that changing. So um, either they're going to have a very, very long batting order with Will Young batting five or six or something, or he's just not going to make it because they're going to pick Glenn Phillips who can also bowl off-spin. See, I don't think uh, Tom Blundell's had enough cricket and he's had hamstring problems um, to to put him in at six. Uh, I mean, he plays, but I, I just think we've, we've just got to look at the way that they do things and we do things. And they have six specialist batters, basically, and a keeper batsman. I think we've got to perhaps emulate that, and that, that's where I see Tom Blundell, which opens up a spot for your, your Phillips Young as a specialist batsman at, at number six. Um, so that that would be the way I would go, and then you've got after that you've got your four your four specialist bowlers. Yeah, that uh, that, that makes sense to me. And there, I mean, let's not joke. I mean, they're going to be four specialist seamers, aren't they? I don't think Mitchell Santner is going to get a a sniff at the squad in uh, Wellington or Christchurch if he wasn't playing at Seddon Park, which we know turns, and and that was a baffling decision to me not to to pick specialist spinner, but. 
Um, if he wasn't going to play there, then I don't see him playing in these games. I, I think that, that Wagner will get to continue. I think O'Rourke has absolutely earned his place in the team with Jameson out as well. Um, so I think it is that question, uh, you know, I come back to, to Glenn Phillips versus Will Young. I think that's the, the mm. big question mark over this test, whether they want that off-spin option or if they're happy just with Rach and Ravindra as the spin option. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I really do in that respect. Hey, good news uh, in the swimming world for us uh, over the, overnight, basically. Lewis Clearbert winning the 400-metre individual medley gold medal at the World Swimming Champs in, in Doha. Uh, when you start winning gold medals at world championships, people start taking notice. Not that we haven't already. Lewis Clearbert now for the Olympics. Yeah, this was fantastic to to see. I was, um, you know, I, I start work bright and early at five a.m. and so to to see mm-hmm. this result come through around six a.m. was um, was terrific. He's obviously had a bronze medal in the past, sort of showing the the form he had as a. I think he was nineteen when he got bronze in the event. Um, five years ago but uh yeah to to take gold i know that the 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 world record holder the top ranked swimmer in the world wasn't there the frenchman uh but he you know second and third place from the last world champs were there and he's beaten them Uh, he beat them quite handsomely as well his breaststroke leg looks to be uh world class um one of one of the best out there doing that so um yeah I, i think his performance, Erica Fairweather's performance during this World Champs has just really amped up my excitement for the Olympic Games. There are so many storylines for New Zealand heading into the Paris Olympics, which I just can't wait for it. So you've got the swimmers, uh, Lewis Kleber, Erica Fairweather, who look like genuine medal hopes in the pool, which is one of the marquee events of the Olympics. Um, we've got, you know, the um, the, the sprinter, uh, for some reason I can't remember her name, I've just had a mind blank, but, um, you know, she's a, a great chance at making the final of the 100 metres and to have a Kiwi in that event would just be mm. absolutely incredible on track. There, there's, there's all of these different um, performances I just can't wait to watch. I'm just hyped for, for the Olympics based on this. I am too. Zoe Hobbs, I think, is the, the lady Hobbs, that you yes. were looking for there. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, I hope you uh, were uh, allowed to stay up late enough last week after because you really uh, last night you early start because uh, the Phoenix again delivered. Uh, got a penalty in the first half and managed to hold on uh, quite nicely against MacArthur. Quite a feisty game too towards the end. Yeah, I mean that the the form of this it's amazing. I mean they were were they favourites for the wooden spoon before the season started I mean everyone was talking about how how poor they'd be how losing their coach was going to be a bit of a death knell for the squad um, that they were you know they couldn't bring in uh, any flashy imports compared to other sides they were sort of relying on youth and yet it's all worked out incredibly well they've got Costa Barbarousas back and firing again he's having one of those seasons that he seems uh, to always be capable of, they come every couple of years, and mm. his veteran presence sort of guiding them, guiding them through. I, I, it's just a, it's an amazing story, and and still some somewhat under the radar, I think, just how good they've been. I guess you kind of compare it to to the movement around the, the New Zealand Warriors last year and how excited people were, but but these guys are going just as well, if not better, in in this football league. And uh, they've got every chance of, of taking out the, the premiership, which is um, taking out the league, which is astonishing. I just because it's come by surprise, it's just so much um, you know more enjoyable. It's it's fantastic to watch, and they're playing good football, which is um, excellent. Mm.
So do uh, does Ben String uh, wangle his way to the basin and to Hagley at some point? Oh, I'll, I'll probably see you there at the basin. I uh, I imagine. I think. How can you not? I've got the <laughs> I've got the whole time. I've got all the time off. I'll I'll, I'll be down there. Uh, hopefully, I'll um I'll head to the twenty twenty as well on uh, on Wednesday and and catch that. Um, it'll be tough with the uh, early mornings I work, but uh, I think it's they're must watch yeah. games. Well, you tough it out, mate, because we need you. You tough it out. <laughs> I will do. Cheers, Ben. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate your time. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah, cheers. That was Ben String, uh, folks, on the bulletin for us, uh, and we'll have another one uh, tomorrow morning at uh, some stage. Uh, we'll come back. We'll give you a multi. Uh, we might read some more texts out. Brian's giving us a thumbs up. We've we'll, uh, we got plenty. We might have an, even a, another look at uh, some TAB odds for the day as well. So there's still a little bit of sport on, even though it's a relatively quiet Monday. I can tell you, too, I'll give you a golf update, too, on the Genesis. That's developing really, really nicely. One, two, three, four, five tied for the lead at the moment, heading into the last five or six holes. Brilliant. Uh, I'll give you a leaderboard shortly.